Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into our Warriors Weekly Podcast. John Dickinson, Matt Steinmetz for 95.7 The Game as always. And uh, Steiny, uh, just taking a look at the Warriors playing a little better basketball of late. We're recording this on Wednesday morning, so following the Mavs game, but the Warriors, even with the loss in the Mavs game, have won five of their last seven, and a lot of the issues that they had in the beginning of the season have been corrected, at least to the extent to where the Warriors have been able to get back to winning at a, at a level we're all a little bit more used to, uh, but just, just kind of the general takeaways, not necessarily from from last night, but just from the last week and a half, and then relating that to last night's game i think they're playing a lot better matt i think they're playing a lot better um they're they're three and seven to start the year and now they're uh back to 500 so i i think they're playing a lot better i think a big reason they're playing a lot better obviously is is moving draymond to that second unit that seemed to help but i i thought at the you know the first 10 games it really did not look good at all, and and it's because it, it didn't. But at that point, I'm thinking, well, there's nothing he can do now. You know, there's nothing he can do 10 games into the season. So, to me, you, there's, there's no way they were as bad as they looked when they started the season. And so, my feeling is like, give this thing a couple months to stabilize, and it looks like it's starting to stabilize. Now, it's, it's December 1st. So I'm like now. I think we're in the process of you, you give them two months. We're one month into stabilization, if if you know what I mean. So you're going to give that till January first. So now, to me, over the next month, you can start to look at this team a little more realistically. Okay, how good are they? Because we've seen them play better. Um, you know, to me, just looking at the roster, I. There's something missing. I can't quite put my finger on it, but that's what the next month maybe is for. But clearly they're now back in the mix of the however many Western Conference teams there are um, who are going to be competing to go to the NBA Finals. I want to come back to, to something missing a little bit later on and, and get your, your take on that because I, I tend to agree with you as you look at the, the big picture that, that the Warriors will probably get to a point in January or February where they say well, there, there's something they're going to need to go out and add. I'm not totally sure who that kind of player is as of yet, but I do think they, are, they look to me to be a man short in terms of just a veteran 
rotation player that you're going to want to have in the playoffs. Well, and, you know, you can't mention this guy's name without the snicker, but in an ideal world, that would be Iguodala from four years ago or five years ago, but that's not the case. I mean, we see, to me, that's, to me, I think they figured out the best way they can play with moving Draymond to that unit. Yeah. Okay, you're gonna have you're gonna have the top six. You're gonna play DiVincenzo seven. You're gonna play Jamichael Green eight. You're gonna hopefully go Kaminga slash Lamb nine, and then uh, you know the the player after that could be Moody. It could be who am I missing? I'm missing somebody there. Uh, but what what I'm getting at is you you figured that out that part of it and now you can now you can see how many games you can win in December and is that good enough I mean is that is that second unit good enough that I just mentioned uh, with 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 Kaminga with DiVincenzo with Jermichael Green with Lamb I I you know that, that it sounds like. That may have to get a little bit better. Yeah, and and I and look, Jonathan Kaminga, the last couple of games, and he's somebody else we can get into here on, on the podcast. And I had I had his name jotted down. You know, he's played much better in the last three or four games, which has allowed him to get more minutes and allowed him to help that group, which had already started to play better. Sometimes with him in it a lot, sometimes with him in it a little bit. Uh, they they've been able to figure out a way. I, I think. You probably need a veteran that you can count on if it gets down to playoff time, let's say, and you can't necessarily count on Kaminga to play at the level that he played, say, in the Dallas game or in the last couple of games leading up to the to the Dallas game. Because I, I could see the intent being that he's going to play that way, but he just doesn't have it for you, and you'd want to have another option to go to. Now, maybe that option is Iguodala, or maybe Iguodala's already playing in in that option because they're they're ramping him up to be able to play in all these playoff games. I mean that that could be part of of the equation as well. But I just feel like they are maybe not a regular season man short, but I think they're a they're a playoff rotation player short, and that may even be in addition to to Iguodala, unless Moses Moody or somebody else is going to find themselves into where we get to April and and he's just. He's just in it in a way that Jonathan Kaminga looks like he might be in it for now, but we've seen that's been kind of fleeting with Kaminga in the past. Like Kaminga will have a couple of good games, and and then a couple of games later, we're like, well, why is he not playing? And it's because he's sort of reverted back to to some of the problematic play that he's that he's had in the past. I thought it was really interesting. I guess we'll just stick on Kaminga for a second and we can come back to the the other stuff just since we went down that road. Steve Kerr called that game the best game Kaminga's ever played last night against the Mavs. The best game that he's ever played because it just impacted winning, whether it was defense and not trying to do too much offensively, uh, you know, energy, whatever it is. Uh I, I thought, you know, I, I thought it was his best game of the season. I don't know if it was the best game he's ever played for the Warriors, but it, it's clear Coach Kerr's trying to trying to praise him for doing basically everything other than looking to score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Four. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's one guy you didn't mention when you were running down the list of players, and, and it's Lamb. Could Lamb be that player? I mean, he's quietly... Maybe. You know what I mean? I mean, he, he's got first dibs on it there, because he's there already right now. Yeah, there's and, times for me where he looks like a G League guy. Like, there's times yeah. where it looks like his shot. He can't quite get his shot like he wants to, and or he just looks a little, I don't know, overwhelmed by, by some of the athleticism. And then there's other games where he doesn't. Well, and, and that's where maybe that's where it's Kaminga slash Lamb. You know, there's there's games where Kaminga will help you with his athleticism and his his ability to run the floor and and you know maybe offensive rebound at some point and and there are times when you're probably going to want Lamb, who's just a little more secure, a little more uh, safe. Um, but getting back to uh, Kaminga's best game, uh, he's played as a Warrior. You know, I don't think we can understate the 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 reality of the situation that. Wiseman and Kaminga and even Moody, they're so – they were so much further away than – I mean, I kind of get defensive here because I don't want to say we all thought, but I guess we all thought. The, the, the idea that these two guys, particular, Kaminga and Wiseman, were going to step into a championship rotation and be contributors in a top eight, was so crazy that we shouldn't have even really entertained the thought unless both those guys turned into turned out to be phenoms coming out of the you know coming into the league. So you know I I know I don't know why I'm going down this road, but the whole two timeline thing I'm starting to think about more and more because and I asked Bob Myers this the other the other day. I was like and he actually, he asked me, he's like, did I ever say something about two timelines? Like, did that ever come from the organization? And I thought, I, I don't think so. And he says, because I don't think I ever said it. And what, what I'm getting at there is, you know, I think there's a possibility that Joe Lacob basically drafted Kaminga and Wiseman for after Curry and uh, uh, this group. I mean, like, Oh, like almost like, hey, if we get something early, great. But this is for down the road. And like you still think about Wiseman in his third year and he's still only 21, whatever he is. You know what? They ain't going to get – he ain't getting there in time. And and Kaminga's barely going to get there. And, and now I don't know what's going on with Moody. So, I mean, I'm rambling here, but uh, – at the end of the day, I think they're going to need a veteran too. Another veteran coming off that bench is basically what I'm thinking. But I don't know what position. Yeah, they. I think they've got enough to get through the regular season as long as everybody else stays healthy. I mean, that's the the part that they really haven't had to deal with yet. Is Draymond Green's got to miss ten or fifteen games, or or Curry's got to miss. Uh, three or four games and he's going to come back and then he might have to miss three or four games in March. And then, you know, even, even that level uh, I think would, would throw, 
what the Warriors have figured out out of whack pretty quickly because I, I think there is a difference between asking a guy like Anthony Lamb to play 12 minutes a game and you know there's some nights where he can make a shot and there's other nights where, where maybe it looks like the shot's a little difficult to get up there's a difference between knowing you can pull Kaminga after four minutes or after six minutes and then let's say with somebody being out basically being forced to play him 25 minutes every single night not just when he's playing well like Steve Kerr did last night he, he, he rolled him out there because he was playing well and, and so he played more so I do think it's a little fragile I guess it, it's working now but it's fragile in the sense that if things start changing and in the NBA they inevitably will start changing at some point between now and April you know how, how does it look at that point can you can you hold it together at that point with a player or two out really at, at any position and I think that's where you'd need the the veteran presence to to maybe even get through the regular season I think you'd certainly need it in in a playoff type type scenario but but yeah well, I mean I mean I'll, I'll say this and and you know everybody could say well yeah anybody's let's say let's say a Somebody's got to be out a month. Let's say it's 12 games. Well, obviously, if Curry's out 12 games, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. But I think where the Warriors find themselves now is if it's Clay, they're in a little trouble. Yep. If it's Draymond, they're in trouble. If it's Poole, they're in trouble. And if it's Wiggins, they're in trouble. Like this team's set up right now to, to, that like the pecking orders finally getting there. The minute one thing changes and it doesn't necessarily have to be Curry. I think they've become pretty vulnerable. They, they feel like they have much of a safety net. If a, if a player is going to miss 12 games and, and that's the contrast from, from last year. Like if I were to tell you right now that the warrior player, that the big three Curry, Clay and Draymond are going to play as many games as they played last year, JD. They I don't think they'd make the playoffs, the Warriors. Mm. Because it would mean it would mean Curry would have to miss another 10. It would mean Clay has to miss right. You know, another 30. another 30. Yeah. And Draymond would have to miss 25 or 30. Like I don't think they could withstand that at this point right now. Well, no, especially because you're you're looking at only what 60 games left, so you'd be I mean, yeah, that, that would look really bad. And then that gets back. And that's to, where you, you didn't win enough. Well, you didn't win enough when you were healthy. Yep. And that that's why the three and seven, while it doesn't look right now like it's going to kill them because they're back on right. track. We're also looking at a team that's been by comparison, I think, to, to most in the Western Conference. They've they've been healthier than than, than some of these it's true other teams to this point. And it still has only added up to to the 11 and 11. John Dickinson, Matt Steinmetz, Warriors Weekly Podcast here on 95.7 The Game. I wanted to tie off the, the bench conversation in, in this respect, and it, it relates back to Draymond because we haven't talked about this uh, on the podcast. We've talked about it on the show, on your show, when I filled in for Goo. But uh, I, I think Draymond Green is right in the middle of really fixing – the two biggest problems that the Warriors had. And one of those was the Clay Thompson problem, and the other was the bench problem. So we, we've laid out how he's helped 
stabilize the bench and, and they figured out a group that, that they can play together. So Draymond, in essence, gets credit for, for fixing that. I'm also giving Draymond Green credit, going back to this team meeting, Steiny, for fixing the Clay Thompson problem by having the guts to basically tell Clay Thompson he was being selfish and needed to start playing a little differently and did it in a manner where Clay Thompson, because he respects Draymond Green, rolled with it and changed his game to where up until the Dallas game, he really had put four or five good games together in a row, and he did it by trying not to do too much. And I'll even give him – I gave him benefit of the doubt on the postgame show last night talking about Clay. Yeah, he misses the shot at the end of the night. He ends up not having a good game shooting the ball. He has five points. But he only took nine shots. And you know what? Right. I, like On a night where he didn't have it three, two, three weeks ago – that would have been three for 17 or, or four for 20, and he wouldn't have cared, and the Warriors wouldn't have even right. been close in that game because he would have shot him out of it completely. So I think, you know, maybe I'm making too much of it, but but Draymond having the willingness to to kind of lasso Clay in a little, you know, rein him in was, was, I think, as important as anything that's happened to this team to this point. Yeah, with maybe the exception of the punch. Um, cause I, I think, well, you yeah. know, I'm thinking about that punch and, and we'll never know because I always think it, it kind of can come in, you know, it's, it, it's not, it's a factor today, but it's not tomorrow. They fixed it. Like, I do think there's still mending to be done between the veterans and the young players. I, and I, you know, I'm not there every day, but it still just feels like that. And maybe. To me, what maybe we I sensed a little bit is it does feel like the veterans are reaching out a little more rather than we're champions. They got to come to us. You know what I mean? Like we're not giving them anything. Like just in like the it last feels like and the, a half. You think maybe like that? Yeah, part of the yeah. team meeting, maybe part of yeah, the yeah. Just, just yeah, just you know. These guys are so competitive. There's like competitiveness within teams. And if the if the older guys are not respecting the younger guys and the, the younger guys are thinking that the veter- veterans are too hard on them and treating them unfairly, I mean, you know, you get that out into the open and both sides come to the middle, you know, that's big. So I, I still think there's work to be done there. And that can somehow, you know, intangibly – show improvement on the court so what do you see from clay then is it i mean because he clearly made the well i'll tell you what you know what and and we have zaza patchouli on today and zaza is a great friend of clay's and i i have to ask him um you know clay is obviously a smart guy and he was obviously to everybody who's watched the warriors playing the wrong way to start the season and didn't dare care. I say selfishly? And dare I say care. selfishly? So, what I'm going to ask Zaza is when it was brought to his attention, did Clay really not know? You can't tell me he didn't know that he was playing the way he was playing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think he kind of knew and he didn't care. It was it was, but I think that's part of the selfishness was that. He needed to get himself going above everything else, and he knew if he got himself going, probably win, 
And then like like I I just there there was something going on there where you know I don't know whether maybe he thought in terms of hey this is the old days where we're so good that I can do this and we're gonna still win enough even though I'm doing it and then I'm gonna snap out of it like like to me like and there has been this debate I feel like on on some of the shows and, and social media with regard to well hey was you know clay clay just came around and he was always going to come around and he just worked his way through it see i i completely disagree with that he made an adjustment to to his game going back to i mean it coincides with that game against the knicks like he he changed the way that he was playing in terms of not shooting the ball as much and looking to pass it and take better shots and that and then was that the game after phoenix Yes, it was, and that was also the game right. before the you know the game right after the meeting, right? Where Clay True. said that, yeah. that Draymond put it pretty bluntly to him, and right, and so to me, like this notion that Clay was just gonna find it no matter what he did, to me is just it's just nonsense, and and the the evidence is right there in these last five or six games where you can clearly see. He's gone about it a different way and, and deserves credit for that, but that's why he's had more success. No doubt. I mean, absolutely no doubt about it. So I, I think, uh, you know, this was – I never thought – I always thought it was kind of a pointless conversation to talk about whether you would move Clay Thompson to the bench because there was no way Steve Kerr was going to do it at this point in the season. But, you know, I guess, I guess – does Kerr get credit for not making that move? I'm not sure that he. I'm not sure that he does, to be honest. But I, I think, like, because to me it was, and I agree with you. I agree with you. But I started to turn a little bit because to me it was a matter of, well, something has to happen, either Clay to get the message, and that's where I and I. It really addressed it after the Phoenix game because I was in Phoenix and it was just it was so bad. Like to me, it was the it was the kind of game where if you and I are on the team and you're doing it, you're Clay, and we go into the locker room at the end of the Phoenix game. I'm 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 looking right at you, like dude, WTF? Like what is your problem? Right. Why are you doing this? And you might and you're coming at me and I'm coming. Like like to me, it was that bad, and we just gotten embarrassed again, and it's like it's coming out. So. Whether that happened or to what extent that happened, I'm not sure. But but the reason I became more open-minded to, well, maybe Steve Kerr has to do something, was because if nothing happened, I was convinced it was not going to change. Now, it turns out Draymond Green may have been the one that had the guts, and I've said this a few times, to actually say something to Clay in a manner where you know, whether Steve Kerr said it and it didn't hit home or like, I felt it was almost going to get to a point where the only thing Steve Kerr could do would be to bench him or, or to flip flop his minutes with Poole in an attempt to send a freaking message to him because the words were not hitting home until apparently right. Draymond said it. And, and maybe the only the way Draymond knows how to say it. Yeah. Or Draymond was the tipping point of a few people saying it beforehand and that pushed him over the edge because yeah, look, I mean, and again, this is kind of what I'm talking about. And I don't know if it was the Phoenix game. Actually, I think it was when Steph Curry basically was asked about Clay. He's got to let the game come to him a little it bit. Was. I mean, we, we all know, we all know what that means. I mean, stop shooting the first time you get the ball. 
That's essentially what it means. We've all played basketball. It doesn't matter what level. When you say, hey, let the game come to you, it means quit shooting so much. <laughs> like, like let's, let's put the rat on the table. So it was starting to build up. And, you know, it's funny. To me, I, I, I hear what you're saying about they would have gone 30 and 52 if nothing changed. You right. know what I mean? Right. But, but, but it was also the case of at some point something was going to change. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it couldn't continue. So if, if like I'm a big Clay Thompson fan, I'd be like, oh, see, I told you Clay was going to come around. And you could be like, well, he came around because he changed his game. Well, Eddie, it doesn't, yeah, it's Clay is Clay, man. That's Yeah, he did what he has to do. That's why he's a champion, man. Well, you know, so everybody can win the argument kind of. Yeah, in, in a sense, although I do think, and, and I want I do want to make this point, like, and, and this is – a silly conversation in a sense, but it came up last night on, on the post game show. So I'll kind of throw it at you. Are, are you know, is Clay back? Is Clay like, is Clay back or, or does he, cause the way I kind of put it was, yeah, he looks back right now, but you still gotta have more good games than bad. Like I can't declare Clay Thompson back until he's had more good games than bad games. And he still hasn't had more good games than bad games this year. So it's like, how are we like, like, Give no, me at he's, least, if you've had nine bad games and six good games, you know what? Give me four or five more good games, and then I'll say, all right, you're back. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I mean, to me at this point, Clay's a daily monitor in terms of games. Yeah. I mean, every game is its own game. And, you know, like he's had, you know, whatever, four out of five good games. You know, he starts putting – three out of four good games together, four out of five. You know, then we got something. You, yep. you, you put you put 11 out of the next 13 or 14 games, and they're good games. Then, I'll, then over the next month, then I'll say it uh, for, for sure. But, you know, no, n not not yet. Yeah. I mean, not yet. And that's – Although his numbers – his numbers – you know, his numbers are fine right now. Yeah. Because no of his 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 stretch, absolutely, and 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 that's where I think you know the 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 eighteen to twenty point games where he shoots about fifty percent and he's you know three for eight or four for eleven from three like those are the kinds of games that that are probably going to you know if he has those games the Warriors are going to win a lot when he has those kinds of games it isn't only about the forty one point explosions and I I kind of felt that was part of like Clay felt like he needed. Like he was chasing that game to where he could declare himself back, and it's just like for who, for what, like why, like why does that matter? Like just, just keep playing, and the team will keep winning, and then those games are going to happen along the way if if you're going about right. It the, the the right way. So all right. in all, things are trending in in the right direction, and and I'll even say last night the fact that he was two for nine and not four for fifteen or sixteen or eighteen. Uh, it was probably a, a little bit of, well, a, of a good sign. And, and, and real, real quick here, um, you know, you, I think you were talking about Clay's trending in the right direction. Yeah. But you, and you might have met the Warriors, but that's what I was going to yeah, tack both. on. Yeah. I, I mean, the Warriors are definitely trending in the right direction. You know, I'm looking at that game last night, J.D., and <laughs> the two styles are staggeringly different. And – I'm sorry, but the Warriors win three out of four of those games. Yeah, they're right. gonna win three out of four of those games because they you can't rely 
on Doncic like that, night in and night out. I mean, and I guess you, this is where you say, well, they did last year and they got to the Western Conference. Fight. And, yet, you know, like this is what this is. I think they're the Rockets 2.0. I think he plays very similar to Harden. And in terms of just the dominance of the ball. And it's like he's never – I don't think he's going to really struggle to win that way. But I don't see any way they could play differently that gives him a better chance, either those Rockets teams or this Dallas team. So it's like you're kind of making a deal with the devil. It's like, I mean, he gives us a sliver of a chance to win it all, but probably not. But he's the best – like, it's the best we can play. Well, their their team – but their team also isn't isn't great around him when I look at, at Dallas. And we don't have to spend too much time right. on that. But I just I, – I but does it – I guess are you kind of saying, well, he has to be with a team full of guys like that because it wouldn't work right if he had be- better players? No, no, no. I'm saying Harden supporting cast with the Rockets to me, same kind of supporting cast as yeah. Doncic has. I think you're right. You've got it. You, you know, I mean, you have to put the ball into your stars' hands all the time. Let them make plays and hope the role players are making shots. Well, I had the same thought you did as far as the Warriors. Like that's like if that's a playoff series, you can see where it ends up being a four to one type of a playoff series in favor of the Warriors. That that's a good way yeah. to to wrap it up and looking at just real quick the Western Conference because uh, Dallas got the win to get to ten and ten. You've had Portland, Utah, and even Sacramento, I'll throw in, had great starts. I think they were all some version of 10 and 4 to 10 and 6, somewhere in there. They've all basically given it back to 500 to this point when, when you look at them. The Warriors are not, you know, have not played as well as I think they view themselves as capable of playing, but they're right there at 500. I mean, what do you see in the, I mean, it, there might be 10, 11 teams. I think Utah and Portland are falling off. I'd, I'd be worried about Minnesota right now maintaining 500, uh, especially with Towns going to be out for a, for an extended period. I mean, it, yeah, it see, looks – You know what? Let's, Phoenix, Denver, I, I, Memphis I think, are top three of the top four. That looks about right, even though their records aren't maybe great. I think Phoenix Phoenix and Denver above the above the rest. The Warriors can get up into that group with them. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, and Memphis also, the question's going to probably be the Pelicans. Can they, I think they're 12 and eight now, you know, can they, can they be 25 and 15? And you're like, Ooh, that, that may be a 50 win team. I'm not ready to say that yet. Uh, here's one for you. I bet the Minnesota Timberwolves start playing better. How about that? I had that thought. I had a similar thought. I think it's possible. Yeah. Cause they shouldn't be playing possible. the two bigs. Right, like, right. Like, I could see that. Edwards starts playing better. Russell starts playing better. Now, I, I could see that. But but all in all, Warriors are in a great spot. I think that's that's probably the biggest takeaway. And uh, we'll continue to view it. Great stuff, Steiny. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.